Want more of the Josh Scanlon podcast? Please. Please. Here you go. The Josh Scanlon podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 11 of the Josh Scanlon Podcast, my friends. Got to bring you bad news today. Did my first interview with a guy named Justin Blackman, who's a uh, copywriter extraordinaire. And I'll get into it uh, here in just a second about what we talked about. Uh, I was recording it, and then I was listening to the recording, and uh, it just didn't come out well. And if you're doing podcasts, the audio has got to be... It's got to be good, um, even if you're doing YouTube channels, too. Uh, the visuals can be fine, but the audio has got to be spot on. And uh, cell phones, damn you, cell phones, damn you. It just has some, uh, it just it wasn't great audio, and I, I just can't use it, which uh, which is too bad, because there's a wonderful, almost an hour-long conversation with Justin. And I'll give you the transcription, well, I guess my own transcription here today of what we talked about. It's certainly worth you listening to this podcast just ticks me off as much as i love cell phones i tell you i still have a landline because the cell phones the quality uh it can be good or can be garbled we all know the garbled feeling and uh it just it is what it is what are you gonna do you're gonna move on so let me tell you what i talked about so justin uh, justin blackman and you can find him i'm looking at his website right now at uh, prettyflycopy.com pretty like a pretty girl fly like a you know fly copy.com and uh, I came across Justin because I, I was looking at a lot of copyright headlines. There's a guy who wrote a book uh, that I got from the library, Bob Bly, B-L-Y, who writes uh, some of the copyright techniques that a lot of the most, uh, you know, the best salesmanship that are out there in terms of headline writing. It's always been my theory that headline writers are the uh, the biggest propagandist that we have in the world today. And, and propaganda is not necessarily a bad thing. It just it is what it is. And how do I know that? Well, because you look at all these headlines that pass around on Facebook, on LinkedIn, but articles about Obama or about Trump or about this or about that. And when you actually read the article, it doesn't state anything near what the headlines stated. And it actually ticks me off. And it's funny because Justin and I were talking about that, which I wish again, I wish I had a good audio of that. It's just it's too bad it wasn't. Um, and Justin is very adamant saying, look, clickbait is going to punish you if you're a provider of the clickbait because simply people are going to read the headline. They're going to click on the article thing and that's what they want to read about. And then they're going to read that this article had nothing to do with the headline was, and they're going to hate you for it. And uh, man, I cannot agree more. And uh, Justin said he, he doesn't have anything Buzzfeed ish on his Facebook page because of that exact nature. So clickbait is not good. And, and clickbait in and of itself can be used for good things. Like I need to write a good enticing headline to get people to read my copy. But if you're writing a headline with a sole reason to get people to click clickbait and the article, the content you have in there is junk. Well, guess what? That's not going to mean anything for anybody and they're going to never look at you again. So don't do that. And I, man, I could not agree more. But with that said, a good headline can be enticing and it can also get people to go to your article, your content, your YouTube channel, your Facebook page. So everything is contingent on the headline. Headlines are so critically important. And the reason I came with, uh, came across Justin is because I do follow this blog post and Facebook page called copyhackers.com. And they had to, and Justin's headline, which is what got me to the attention is, 
These are the 16 painful lessons I learned writing 10,211 headlines in 100 days. <laughs> so if someone's interested in headlines, which you all should be, I don't care what business you're in. If you're in financial planning, absolutely. If you're in selling tennis shoes to, I don't know, lacrosse girls who play lacrosse, you should be interested in headlines. The copy of the headline is so critically important. So I'm looking at copyhackers.com. And I, you know, I look at their other stuff and I read this. These are the 16 painful lessons I learned writing all these headlines in 100 days. I'm like, man, I got to read this. That is headline writing 101. And the funny thing is that is clickbait, but it's legitimate clickbait because I'm reading his content of the article he had written. And it's all spot on, man. I cannot tell you. I don't even know how many words this. Uh, we'll see. It doesn't say how many words it is, but on copyhackers.com, it'll say it's a 19-minute read. Now, Justin gets interviewed by the lady, Joe. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, so I'm just not going to – I don't know who it is. But Joe, uh, who's the owner's woman, who owns – I guess the owner – yeah, she owns Copy Hackers. Uh, she interviews him uh, via you know video, and that's fine. But my issue is with video is that I find myself, as much as I love YouTube and I do – I find myself using my podcast still um, probably five to one simply because I'm in the car, I'm out in the garden, you know, I'm doing whatever I'm doing, even mowing the lawn. You know, I can have a podcast going where I can't have a video. And so I watched a little bit of Justin in a Joe's video interview, but it's just not the same as a podcast, which is why I invited Justin to be on my podcast because I wanted to interview him for my own podcast, you know, makes me look good. It gets him a chance to promote his stuff. And, uh, and it's good. So anyway, I'm just going to cut to the chase there. So of Justin's 16 painful lessons he learned writing headlines, let's just go over. I'm not going to go each and every one, but I thought it was pretty interesting uh, because he is. I didn't ask him about this. I wish I would have. <clears throat> it is a habit, my friends. And so there's a lot of work on habits. Um, oh man, there's a book that I have actually forgot the guy's name, but there's a habit book. You know, how to create a habit, basically 21 days and, and whatnot. And actually, it's funny because I didn't ask Justin about this. I wish I would have. But on day 20, Justin said he was rolling. And I'll just quote verbatim. I adapted recurring themes, discovered how to really empathize, 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 excuse me, empathize with a customer and found myself digging deeper. I even used a few headlines in my client work and day job. And when I missed a single day, I felt so bad the afternoon, I wrote a 200 headlines to make up with it. And what he's saying is by day 21, he's getting in the groove. And how ironic is that? Because the rule of thumb is that once you create a, a pattern, a habit for 21 days, it'll come a second nature. So if you want to get in the gym, you got to do it for 21 days. You want to, I don't know, study Spanish, you got to do it for 21 days. You got to do something for 21 days to develop a habit of doing it. And once you develop that habit, you'll feel guilty like Justin talks about here for not having it done. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then he says on day 30, he felt like a whiz whipping 50 to 60 lines out off the top of my head. No problemo. My subscriber list was growing. And I find that very interesting too, because when you're putting out quality content, it's amazing. The law of attraction, people are going to go into your and want to hear more. And, uh, and then he said, uh, his, his subscriber list is growing because he's putting out quality stuff and he's letting people know about it. So a couple of things go on there is like what St Stephen Pressfield will say, you got to go pro, which is you got to let people know what you're doing first and foremost, which means you're going to have to take the arrows. It's tough to put yourself out there, but just do it. Just do it. You're going to have to take the arrows. And and when you start taking the arrows, it's either going to put you back, you know, where you go back. I don't want to do this anymore. Or you're going to break through. And once you break through, 
probably day 21 or so, you're going to feel like a whole new person because you got it now. You got it. And Justin talks about that in day 30. He felt like a whiz. Um, and he says, I start tanking with, theme, with themes uh, from the seven deadly sins. There's a link in there. And I was sailing smooth. But then day 40, he was completely burnt out. So remember, here's a guy who's trying to write 100 headlines for 100 different companies in the 100 different uh, areas of, of what the consumer products, essentially, not even just consumer products, but everything, businesses, 100 different businesses in 100 days. Now, this guy also is married with two kids, young, young kids, too. And he says in day 40, his wife was over it. But then he says on day 50, he gave himself a day off. And I thought that was pretty critical because I do, man, I woke up this morning at 345. I was doing work from about 4 to 5.30, I took a nap and I'm back at it. Right now it's 12 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, you know, it just, it's, it's exciting to get into your own business, but you just, at some point, you got to give yourself a break. And that's what he says in his lesson number two. You got to take breaks. Uh, man, I, you got to give yourself time to relax. And it's funny too, when you take a break and you come back at it the next day, you'll see things differently. I, I can, I can attest to that for sure. Uh, he says, recharge your soul, recharge your sanity and your family will appreciate it. And he gives a list of all the different uh, headlines he, uh, he had written as well. And some that just jumped out at him and some that were just junk. Um, I, I, man, I thought, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Actually give yourself a break to recharge. Maybe if you're struggling on something, put it aside, come back the next day and revisit it. The irony of that is when I'm doing my, uh, <laughs> when I was creating a landing page, using MailChimp and I was about to put my head through a wall because I couldn't figure it out. I stepped back. This wasn't for a day. It's about for an hour. I came back and I was able to figure it out. So, oh, there it is. It's just amazing when you kind of get out of the, out of it, go do something else for a little bit. You'll find yourself, uh, it's amazing how that works. A, a new perspective. I love this lesson from Justin. If you're not enjoying the process, change the process, man. Jeez Louise. You got to like what you're doing. And if you don't like what you're doing, either you're doing it wrong or, or fine until you do like it. it I, going back to building a business, all the gurus say this. It's more than just having a passion. You actually got to want to get up and do something. Um, you know, simple facts are as much as I love gardening, I like talking financial planning stuff better. I do. As much as I love, you know, permaculture, uh, you know, basic backyard engineering, redneck engineering, things like that. That I enjoy that, but I actually enjoy talk, doing this. I love it. I love it. I love it. If I did not love it, I would not be here at noon on a Saturday afternoon after basically after I already spent four hours a day doing this because I enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, it's not just a passion. It's the enjoyment because I have a passion about uh, the Boston Bruins, uh, but I didn't watch the game two nights ago because I was doing this stuff. I have a passion more about this, and, and Justin talks about that. If you're not enjoying the process, change it. The way lesson four, the way you're thinking about a niche may be entirely wrong. I thought that was uh, incredibly important. The who mattered more than what I was looking for a category where I should have been looking for a voice. Justin says, man. And then he has a little picture of the uh, uh, despicable me guy with the light bulb on there. And again, I'll link to this headline, this uh, copy on here, this Web page. Man, the who the who matters more than what. And so what Justin and I were talking about. It, it, we're called an avatar and what an avatar is, is who is a man. This is, he helped me immensely. He goes, who are you trying to appeal to? And he said something very important to me. He goes, look, when I was looking at your website and your blog and your YouTube channel, I didn't know what you're talking about. 
Now, <laughs> I, I thought he, I, I try to avoid use a jargon. I try to keep it simple, stupid. And the fact that he said that was uh, actually a rude awakening for me. I was like, what? Um, and it's just interesting because obviously if I'm appealing to Justin, he's, you know, say an early forties, maybe late thirties guy married, uh, with a couple of kids. If I'm appealing to that guy, um, my verbiage isn't going to appeal to him at all. I just, is not, it's uh, actually pretty interesting. And uh, that would, that took me like a ton of bricks. I actually thought I was frankly, you know, he didn't, he didn't say, Oh, he, he just, he told me, and I was like, wow, I, I thought I was. Not that that's where my target market is. My target market generally is going to be 50 year old people who are concerned about retirement, not 50, but in their 50s. And so maybe they have a better um, understanding of my jargon. Uh, but, you know, if they don't, my friends, I'm I'm missing out. And the fact that Justin stated he did not understand. Now, his wife probably would because she's in the business. She's a compliance officer in a financial firm. Um, so she probably would, but is the wife going to come across my stuff? I, I don't know. And how many, you know, wives are compliance officers in uh, financial planning firms? You know, not many, many, not men are in that business either. So while she might've had an understanding of what I'm trying to accomplish, um, the fact that he didn't, and I guarantee he's more representative of that age group as a whole, that, that concerns me deeply that I'm not, I'm not focusing. If that was my main target and it's not, but I do have a book geared towards that group of people. Uh, you know, I need to change my focus a little bit and that's a fact. So that's incredibly helpful. Um, and again, if I don't enjoy talking to that group of people, it's going to be tough for me, but frankly, I do. And so that's the issue. You got to find your avatar. Who are you trying to appeal to? Now that does not mean you just choose one at the exclusive exclusivity of others. I mean, you can have different avatars. And again, an avatar is I have in my head a 55 year old couple who, you know, maybe their kids are out of high school. Now they're empty nesters, maybe think about downsizing and they're just wondering, man, are we going to be able to make it? And that is my couple there. They're worried about taxes. They're worried about retirement and they're just not sure. And they just want to make sure they can talk to someone they trust. That's who I'm trying to appeal to specifically. But that does not mean I do not want to appeal to Justin and his wife and kids, if that makes sense. So it, you just have a different methodology. Now, you can't be all things, all people. That's for sure. And uh, actually, and some of the things Justin was telling me about, too, um, not just the, the jargon, but just how you present yourself. And so I thought it was very interesting, too, because we're talking about and I'll link to this guy's website. If I can remember off the top of my head, um, we were talking, Jess and I, about a, a, a financial planner out in Canada, a Hasidic Jew, as a matter of fact, and it's Averill, um, Abraham, Abraham, that's what it was, Abraham. Yeah, I'm not going to remember. Um, but this guy, if you look at his website, you know if you want to hire him. He's a financial planner and doesn't talk jargon. He doesn't say how credentialed he is. In fact, if anything, Abraham Byers, that's who it was, Abraham Byers. In fact, if anything, he talks about how he uh, he didn't know anything until he's had to start learning it. And it's very interesting if you look at this guy's website, which I'll, again, I'll link to. Yeah, it is. A Abraham Byers. And it's just a wonderful website. And his specific avatar is very explicit on his website for who he's appealing to. Here he is, a picture of a Hasidic Jew from Canada on his website. And the first thing, no more wondering where did it all go? You make good money. There's no reason it should be going poof by the end of every month. Let's change that. Man, talk about it. that's I mean, talk about appealing to a certain group of people, a certain niche. If that if you make good money and you're wondering where it all goes, it goes poof in your brain 
Abraham is the man for you. That's a fact. And uh, he, he talks about it just as, as wonderful. If you go to most financial planning websites, though, they'll say how credentialed they are, what they've done, what they where they've been. You know, they've been to MIT, the FCFP and all that. And they'll say they appeal to everybody. In fact, one of the Facebook groups I'm part of is funny. <laughs> this lady posted about a website. This guy says he specializes in everything under the sun. And it just you have to chuckle a little bit because if you specialize in, in all that, you're not. It was a jack of all trades, a master of none. And if I am someone who needs a master of my specific situation, I'm probably not going to hire a jack of all trades. I want to hire the master who's going to help me with my specific situation, who knows my unique, uh, you know, my unique family, family situation of financial needs for sure. And Abraham Byers is it's just wonderful. I actually was telling Justin, and again, I wish I had the video for this, that I want to hire this guy because <laughs> he looks like a friendly chap. He looks like a nice guy that I could easily talk to. He's got a little babies thrown in the background. And of course you can't go wrong with having babies in there because babies are the best thing ever. And, uh, and he says, when you get smart with money, your kids do too. And that's important to me. And I imagine that's important to most of you guys. And I just, I love it. And that's different from the most financial planning firms out there who are just very formal, very just uh, boring, frankly. And that might appeal to a certain segment of society. And it does for sure. But this is what I was saying at the end of my conversation with Justin is that financial planners are needed. People need us. But they're not going to hire us if we're just talking jargon that people can't understand, which is why Justin's stuff just hit me like a ton of bricks. You got to change the jargon. I don't even care what line of work you're in. I mean, if you're doing solar and you want to install some of solar so they can go a little bit more independent, well, you got to talk the jargon. And that might be if you tell me that you're going to do uh, solar panels on my roof um, so I can be independent from the grid, I'm going to tell you you're full of crap. You're just not that's not going to happen. But and so there that person that you might appeal to is not going to be me. Now, if you want me, it says I want to be able to do some backup power and emergency you know, battery charging and things of that nature or save money on my electric bills, not my heating, my electric because I still have natural gas. That's going to be a different methodology of appealing to. But there, you know, the issue is, are there enough Josh's out there who have a specific mindset of why I would be interested in solar? And if you come at me because you said I'm going to be green. Well, I'm not going to hire you because I, A, I think I don't, that's not true. And B, that's not what I'm trying to solve. If you come at me as a solar installation for, I can charge my batteries, the solar can reduce the fees I pay to the utility bill and whatnot. Um, you know, and then I can actually flip a transmission switch, a transfer switch so I can go off grid when I need to. If the electricity goes out, then, you know, I'm talking, you're talking my language. I'm talking yours. I'm going to have a whole lot more uh, interest in the product you're selling to me. And that's so not just in financial planning. I don't care what product that you have. You got to find the avatar, that person you're appealing to and really get under the hood to appeal to that guy or lady with specifics. And like my man, Abraham here, I never met this guy, but just he if if you look at his website, and this is you that you make good money and you're wondering there's no and you wonder if it goes if it's going poof every month. Abraham says, let's change that. And he's got a free book on here. You download. I'm just telling you, this is the guy that you'd want to hire as opposed to some highfalutin three piece suit guy. You know, looks like he appeals to, you know, Grandma Jones and her eight thousand trust accounts that she has. That's not going to be who you want to appeal to. Now, if that is who you want to appeal to, Grandma Jones or the eight thousand trust accounts. 
yeah, you're probably going to want a different avatar. You're not going to be having an approach like Abraham does, that's for sure. And that's fine. But just remember, in financial planning terms, the bulk, if not the vast majority of us, seem to have our pitch towards Grandma Jones or the 8 million trust accounts. And a lot of people who really need our services are not that person. That's for sure. So that's what I liked about uh, Justin. He says, look, and, and actually what really another thing that hit me like a ton of bricks was he says, people aren't hiring Abraham solely because he knows stuff. They're assuming he knows stuff by the fact he's doing this, but they're hiring him for him. That's his unique proposition. I, man, I cannot, man, that just spot on. So if you're in the business of whatever it is you're doing, they're not hiring you because you're so smart because they can get all this information on Google. Josh Scanlon has a CFP to Masters of Financial Planning. Do you think that means that you can't find all that information I've accumulated on Google or on Wikipedia? You certainly can. How do you put it to work those where I can help you? And that's my unique proposition because I have seen things happen for other people in 20 years experience. I want to share with you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, who are 55 years old, who are going through the same thing that you could. Now, you could find it on your own. But at the end of the day, a lot of people don't want to. They just want to know that I know what they're talking about. They like me. They trust me and they want to hire me. That's exactly what they're hiring me. They assume I know what the heck I'm talking about. They assume I have their best interests at heart and they assume that I can help them. If they have those three things, then it doesn't matter if I have a Ph.D. from MIT or not. It just means, hey, I trust this guy. He knows what he's going to do and he's going to help me solve my problems. And that's exactly what Justin was able to share with me today, which I tell you, man, that's 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 worth his weight in gold right there. <clears throat> so Justin does landing pages. He does. Uh, you know, I actually will probably hire him um, for tweaking my front page of my website. You know, he gave me some some props. He said, look, you are appealing to a certain group of people. By my front page of my website is, are you in your 50s? Are you concerned about retirement? Are you worried if you have enough? And so that's a great start right there. But then I have building sustainable wealth as like a tagline. And, and Justin says, well, what does that mean? Who's that appeal to? That might be all things, all people. You might want to narrow that down. And I'm telling you, man, it, that's spot on because you want when people go to your website. What am I trying to accomplish when that person comes to my website? Well, I'm trying to accomplish this avatar, this person essentially signing up from a blog, uh, emailing for a free ebook, or ideally even hiring me uh, for consulting or buying a book that I sell. Either way, but I need to get more specific on what I do. And that's where like a guy like Justin Blackman and copywriters, generally speaking, can really make a big difference for you in whatever business you're trying to build. And I know this isn't financial planning specific, but if you're listening to this, you have some kind of business. I mean, maybe you're just going to work and you're working for the CDC, you know, Centers for Disease Control down there in, uh, in Atlanta. Okay. Well, maybe, but maybe you have a band. And you're running a band and you're trying to promote your band that you're promoting. Maybe you're a minister, a youth group minister. I mean, anything needs copywriting. Copywriting is king. And how do you appeal to people? It's such a wonderful skill to have. And I just I cannot speak highly enough of like a guy like Justin, what he's doing, because once you develop those skills, it's not going to be easy, but it will allow you to see things in a different light as opposed to what do I want to you know, focus on? Well, no, it's what is my customer, my avatar focus on? How can I be in front of that person? 
And it kind of goes back to keyword research. I thought it was all hot, hot cakes when I had a, uh, when you typed in uh, ultimate guide to social security in Georgia and my website came up number one in the Google search engine uh, research, uh, results page, SERP. I was like, man, I'm so smart. And I was all proud of myself. And then I, I did a Google search. How many people are actually typing in the ultimate guide to social security in Georgia? Well, the answer is nobody. So just because I was number one in there doesn't mean anything because no one's typing that in and looking at it. So you got to find out what are people typing in in their search? What are they looking for online? What are they looking for in their local business? What are they looking for? And meet them where they are. And that's where copywriting, keyword research and all that is so critical because you might be the smartest guy since Einstein. But if you can't tell people how E equals MC squared, um, you know, you're, all that brain power is going to die. As there's in like I tell people all the time, uh, the financial planning world is littered with failing smart financial planners they're all over the place just incredibly bright people but they can't talk to people and they don't know how to sell their services and again selling is not a bad word it's just saying at the end of the day here's what i do and here it can benefit you if you are this person seeking my services you need to be talking to me and uh the world is littered with brilliant brilliant financial planners and i'm sure whatever your line of work is as well um it's actually funny, too, because Justin was talking about in his uh, when he did this, uh, his thing, he, he wasn't that well known. His 100 headlines for 100 businesses in 100 days. Uh, but he said after the time being, he'd become the headline guy. That was what he was known for, the headline guy, which is uh, which is good and bad. Because as we talked about with Justin, is that headlines, clickbait can be used for evil or it can be used for good. You know, clickbait, uh, you know, like we talked about before, that can get people to go to a website you know, just essentially to get them to to click on something that is not appropriate for what, you know, what they clicked on for. That can be bad. You can also play on emotions, too. And a headline person can say, hey, you know, if you don't do this or if you don't do that, you know, the world's going to fall apart. And you know, that might be fine. But emotions, negative emotions are a great way to get in front of people. But at the end of the day, is that really the business you want to build on on just I hate to say it, manipulating people's fear. And that's, uh, and not for me. I think people have a concern, but if it's, I don't want to manipulate their fear and say, if they don't talk to me, they're going to be engulfed and destroyed and just, you know, being destroyed. I'd rather to have them say this, is what I learned from talking to Justin, that you all have some concerns and I'm the guy to help you solve those concerns. And at the end of the day, you'll be better off for it and you'll be less concerned. That, that'd be like using, headlines and copywriting for good is to tell somebody, yeah, no, I get your concerns. Absolutely. If you don't do anything about it, the concerns can haunt you, but let me show you a way to take those concerns and minimize them with the way I work with clients who hire me. And when you're done working me, uh, those concerns will be minimized, mitigated, and you'll be better off for it. That's, that's a way of using, I hate to say propaganda for good, for sure, as opposed to you know, the, the, the common, you know, Hitler propaganda, the Jews are coming, you know, we got to focus on you know, the communists, you know, the kulaks are coming. We got to focus to, to, to keep them at bay or else we're all going to be, you know, at, put under their boot heel or something like that. That's, we don't want that. We want, yeah, I understand your concerns. I have experience in those concerns and the people who deal with me have been better off because now those concerns are mitigated and they're happier for working with me. I, I just that's, that's using, copywriting for good. Um, 
let's see what else I want to share with here. So uh, a couple things. So he says there are no shortcuts. You know, that's the funny thing when you're writing headlines, writing copy. Remember, my friends, words mean things. Words are powerful, powerful, powerful. You've got to make sure you're using the words. And it's not just going to you just can't throw it out there because you're going to look well, you're going to look silly. All right. You got to make sure that the words that you use have some thought behind them. Now, one of the things he was sharing with me is that fluff versus flow. Okay. Because I said, how can you make something become more fluffy and flowing at the same time? And he corrected me. He goes, well, we want to be better flowing, but we want to avoid overly fluffing because then it looks amateurish. And, and I actually agree with that all the time. If I'd have a tendency to be a lot more fluffy than need be. And so one of the examples he used was, you know, the, the blue uh, ocean sprinkling salt all and whatever I can't, you know, he goes, just say the ocean. People know what that is. People have a visual of that. That's a fluff that you can get rid of because we want to be precise. We want to be clear in short, precise sentences that flow well are better than long, especially on mobile phones now, long drawn out fluffy paragraph extended sentences. That's not good. And one of the ways we can improve flow, though, is actually start sentences with the and and but and if. Now, that goes against English lessons that you learn in high school where your English teacher says never start a sentence with an and, a but, and an if. But if you're looking on your, on your mobile phone, your cell phone, and you're reading a blog or reading a post, a lot of times that can break up sentences and actually can create a better flow, a better visual for the reader. Because again, short, specific sentences are better than long flow or fluffy stuff. And we want to minimize that long, drawn out, extended sentence. We want to make it as specific, as short, as quick. But at the same time, we've got to get the flow as well as possible. And a lot of times that can simply be stop what you're writing, put a period in there, and start the new sentence with a letter and with a word and. And I, it goes hard. It goes hard against the grain of what you've been taught. But if you think about your cell phone, that absolutely makes sense. Um, and, and, and man, I've heard this a million times on Sunday. Clear beats clever. Clear beats clever. And this is what uh, Bob Bly was talking about in his book. A lot of professionals will try to be clever. Look how clever I am. You know, screw that. You got to be clear first and foremost. Now, Justin talks about you can be both. And uh, I think he used an example. Um, once you learn to think on your feet, it doesn't matter where you're standing is one of the things he does for you can be clear and clever at the same time. But at the end of the day, you got to be clear. Uh, clever is not what pays the bills. Clear pays the bills. And I, uh, I completely agree. Um, and just of all the, of the professionals I've read, I completely agree with that. You got to be clear, specific. And if you can throw some cleverness in there, that's fine. But start with a clear, precise one of the things, uh, don't force your personality. And this is where we actually had a good discussion. And again, just things I, I don't want to put that out there because the, 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 the audio was not good. But don't force your personality. And so don't try to write like Josh is writing to the audience. Write like you're the audience trying to receive information. Get knee deep in the personality of the person trying to appeal to. I, man, I, I cannot... I cannot agree with that as, as much. That's wonderful. He uses this example of uh, sometimes I made light of sensitive topics and he uses a biohazard cleaning company. And uh, one of the things he said, because the last thing you want to find three weeks later is a toe. And, you know, basically the chemicals uh, destroy, <laughs> you basically amputated a toe 
And he said, yeah, that that's clever and it's cute. And it's his personality of kind of being a, a jokester on stuff, but that's not what the company's trying to solve. They don't want cleverness. They don't want his personality when you're talking about sensitive subjects like a biohazard cleaning company. I could not agree more than that. Uh, boring topics do not need to be boring. I, yeah, that's a tough one for me. And he even talks about like, he's not, he's not the guy to pitch a tech company. Uh, but if he asked, if he was asked to explore, he probably could do it. But at the end of the day, I don't know how you make, you know, data, your know, CSS programming on, uh, on WordPress blogs. I don't know how you make that not boring. I don't know, but there is somebody who can do that. And that guy who can make that not boring is probably going to be a wealthy, wealthy person, uh, when he gets hired by these various, uh, <laughs> boring companies. Cause that's a skill set I don't have, uh, learn what you suck at that man. Again, this is, I love it. I am not good at designing things. I do not have it. It's not in my repertoire. Putting things together, I, I just can't do it. it. It actually pains me viscerally. Now, to design Lego stuff, even like these little things you buy from Lowe's, those little toy, wooden toys that are kids, I just, I hate it. I'm not good at it. I don't like it. Um, it, it actually, it, it, for me to think about that stuff, I can't stand it. So what Justin says, he goes, a brand's targeting woman is not his thing. And he knows that. So he's going to turn down things because it's not what he's good at. I think a lot of times we've been focused you know, on your weakness. And I think at the end of the day, that's your given God given talents. Focus on that. Focus on your talents, my friends. And, and I don't frankly know what my talent is. I do know what I enjoy. So hopefully my talent is talking, you know, being doing YouTube, I think my talent is helping people solve complex financial problems and making it easy. Again, I was, I was taken aback when Justin told me, though, that he's like, dude, he didn't say it like that. He said it very nicely. He goes, well, I didn't understand what you're saying. And I, again, that so obviously I need work to do, but I, I'm good at that stuff. I'm going to focus on that. I'm not good at talking technical stuff about you know, various investment management schemes because it bores me. And frankly, I don't think it matters. But uh, because I don't believe in it and because it bores me, I'm just not going to be that good at it. You can train me all day long. I'm not going to be that good at it and I'll never be that great. And so because that focus on what I'm good at, um, great things happen when you become your audience. Going back to that uh, previous one where he says boring topics don't need to be boring, but also uh, don't force your personality. Remember, your audience is who you're appealing to, not you your audience. So who is your audience? Make sure you understand that. Um, consumer, he like, he found out consumer products can be uh, incredibly fun to, to, to do just because you can make fun out of that. Again, that's, that's for his specific thing in the world. Uh, bold, the important words, identify the keywords in your sentence and delete the rest. Now this is pretty interesting. Now go make new sentences with what remains. Tinker enough and you'll find your headline. Why am I focusing on so much? Because there's a lot of junk out there. And if we're all trying to build businesses, well, we got to get draw people to our business. And the way you do that is with headlines, with you know LinkedIn ads, uh, Google AdWords. Those are all headline driven Facebook ads. Even your 30-second elevator speech. I know that's kind of cliched anymore, but it makes sense. What do you do? Well, let me go over this litany of stuff. Man, boring. The important words, bold them, get rid of the rest. Focus on what you do, bold the key stuff, and, and go with that until you, and routinely it comes out of your mouth that can appeal to people. And I, I, love, I love this. Clickbait is never okay, and Justin will punch you in the face if you say differently. I love it. 
Uh, copy, and there's another one, copywriters aren't born, they practice. I'm telling you, so going back to uh, Bob Bly, who's again, the book write, uh, the book I read, and you should read it too. You just got to think about it, my friends. Sit there and think, think. What is that you're trying to project? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to illuminate to people to get them to want to do business with you? Um, and then he says, finally, everything I learned about how to find my niche was wrong. Wrong for me, I mean. I was all over the map three months ago, sporting goods, bottomless muffins, poop scented candles, you name it, I wrote about it. And here's what I found. The voice of the brand matters just as much as what they sell. And then he says, I want to work with fun, casual brands because that's who I am, man. And that's how I'm going to close this. Who are you? Who are you? If you're a financial planner, who are you? What gets you fired up to the people you want to work with? Focus on that. Now, a lot of people don't like working with engineers because they say they're too analytical. See, I actually don't mind that so much. I, I like talking about it. And I actually don't think they're as analytical as people think. I think engineers are analytical in the, what they're working on. They're analytical on how to design airplanes, analytical on how to, uh, to run machinery. When it comes to the financial planning aspect of it, I just think they want to trust you that you know what the hell you're talking about. And initially, they might say, well, tell me how you got that. Well, you should be able to come up with the reasons how you got that number. At the end of the day, I don't think they're overly analytical. And that, that's just me. I might be wrong. But, I, but a lot of people don't want to work with them because they say they, they think they're too analytical. I, I vehemently disagree with that. I also like working with widows and divorcees, which tend to be women. Not sure why. Um, maybe it's a trust thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just seeing my mom struggle um, as a, a divorcee. I, I don't know. But that, that, those are the people I feel I can help the most. I enjoy that immensely. I don't like working with people who are overly analytic on investments, like my investments did that, your investments did this. That that doesn't that bores me actually, and so that's not an area I want to focus on. And so what Justin talks about is, you know, just find the person that you want to focus on and let that be your avatar, your customer base, and focus like a laser beam on them. And that's what he says. He goes, "I want to work with fun, casual brands because that's who he he is, and he's not going to be a tech guy," as he says. So if you're a fun, casual brand and you want to you know, portray that to an audience, Justin's probably your guy. If you're a tech, very formal, you know, he's probably not. And he'll say that very explicitly. And I'm a fun, casual guy, even though I do financial planning, which is why I, I'm going to use Justin. You know, again, uh, it'll be offline, but I certainly want to use him, hire him to see what my uh, what he can do for me a little bit. You know, a couple of tweaks on words can make a huge difference, my friends. So let me wrap this up. Copywriting is incredibly important. It's incredibly important. It doesn't take much to become good at it in terms of time, but it does take effort. And if you're building a business, I just, man, I think you should hire a professional on this. I really, really do. Now, when you hire a professional, be it Justin or other people or, or uh, you know, copyhackers.com, uh, you can use Bob Bly. He does technical stuff. So that might not be, I don't know. But if you're hiring a professional, you got to hire the professional who is in your avatar, who knows your avatar, who can appeal to that person, who is that person. And I think most copywriters, most professionals will want to give you some background of who their appeal is. And that just it speaks to me like my man, Abraham Byers here. If I want uh, making good money and it just seems like it disappears overnight and I just need someone to show me what to do so that it stops so I can feel more comfortable. 
I want Abraham. And what you'll find is you'll find that Abraham does not spout off how smart he is. I love that. Now, he does say how he's different and whatnot. But there's just a comfort level there. And I think actually there's a feeling of confidence. I think Abraham says, you know, I've been there. I know the solutions. I'm confident that I can help you. And when you have that feeling of confidence, I think it flows naturally on web, on YouTube channels, on podcasts. But it's a level of confidence of who I'm trying to appeal to. And I think Abraham Byers does that. I think Justin Blackman does that through his uh, website. And I think that's who you want to appeal to if you're trying to start a business too. Prettyflycopy.com is Justin's thing. Man, I tell you, go to his website. He's here in Atlanta too, which is pretty cool. Cannot recommend this guy enough. I, I just enjoyed talking to him immensely. As much as he's a New York Giants fan, and as you know, I can't stand the Giants, Eli Manning, that rap thing. But you know, to his credit, <laughs> he kept at it. David Tyree and Mon- Mario Manningham. Ugh. All right. So with that said, hope this is helpful to you. A little bit of me yapping, and I don't care. I, I love uh, I love stuff. I love creativity. I love business. I love financial planning. I love people who are passionate about what they do, who can help me take it to the next level. Because if they can help me, they can help you, I guarantee. Uh, Justin Blackman, uh, well, thanks for being on the show, even though I don't have any audio of it. But uh, we'll, we'll come back to that one point. Uh, because Justin is a, a Giants guy, I'm going to end this with a song of the day from a old Boston band called the Straw Dogs. Uh, you might not be familiar with the Straw Dogs, but there's an old Boston hardcore music back in the early 80s was uh, just phenomenal. Just a lot of great bands that came out of Boston. You know, we talked about Slapshot last time. One of my favorite bands was the FUs um, out of Boston from, from again, the early 80s. But they had a song, the... They, they uh, developed a second group uh, after the FUs b- broke up called the Straw Dogs. And the Straw Dogs, again, is similar, more of a rocking sound than hardcore punkish. But uh, this song called Texas is just, man, every time, again, another one of those songs that just gives me goosebumps. It's just awesome. And I'll play with you a little bit of an excerpt here because I could not find the lyrics because this is a very, uh, no one, I'm very, very few people have heard of Straw Dogs. I guarantee very, very few people have heard of FUs. Even if you're from Boston, you probably haven't unless you like a very niche uh, music taste, which I do. But I like all kinds of music. But uh, just to appease to my New York friend there, Justin Blackman, because New York also has lots of different bands, a lot of big different music scene. But, uh, you know, being from Maine, it's still Boston, always be near and dear to my heart. And so we're going to wrap this up with the Straw Dogs. And this he talks about the guy, uh, the, the, the lyricist, um, about a friend he knew uh, who died in the uh, – the Shiite bomb in Lebanon, I think it was in 83. And I just, again, going back to all the people, and this is under Reagan, you know, and Reagan, uh, you know, he turned tail and ran. He didn't take on the Shiites in Lebanon. Is worse off for it, for sure. It's just sad. It, the world is a sad place. It's a sad place. Just so many, those Marines who died, you know, they just fall in orders. And I'm not blaming Reagan. I'm not blaming anybody. But there are people who have died who will never see their families again. It just breaks my heart, you know, from the 58,007 men who died in Vietnam, but those guys are drafted. Um, you know, just the, just all of Americans who have died, you know, now that we're looking at Syria now, I just, I hope we've learned our lesson and don't put American boots on the ground in places that, uh, you know, we just can't control. We can't control everything. And I, and I look, I, I'm a fan of Donald Trump. I'm not going to lie about that. I just, we're engaging now in more 
strikes. And I, you know, I just, at the end of the day, the world is, we're not the policemen of the world. And I know it's evil out there, but man, there's evil everywhere and we can't control it. We can't. And when I think about this song and all the men and women and women, uh, not as frequently, but certainly I've been women who've died overseas. It just saddens me deeply because, you know, that could have been me. And if that was me, then I would not be sitting here today doing this podcast with my four beautiful children and, uh, and my wife. And I'm just grateful uh, to be alive. And I just uh, I think about all those people who've done who've died. And obviously the people have been named, too, because their lives have changed uh, for no fault of their own. Just they happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. It's just sad. It's sad. But uh, but prayers go out to all those men and women. They will always be in my heart for sure. And, uh, and a song like this just makes me think about them and just, it's just sad. But at the end of the day, be grateful for where you are because you are here today. You've been given a purpose. Let's make it happen. All right. So I'm going to play a little bit of an excerpt and then I'm going to go into the song and you can hear that for yourself. As always, don't forget to comment, go to the YouTube channel, go to Heritage Wealth Planning, give me thumbs up on the YouTube channel and uh, we'll see you on the next time on the Josh Scanlon podcast. Thanks guys. We're going to stop it. Uh, now nah, I'm just going to play the whole thing. So let's just go ahead and stop this and I'll play the next song. Thanks, guys.